is up everyone hope you're ready for another episode of the humanity jitsu podcast guys i finally got the microphone sorted i got a new one with some good ass audio because <laughs> a whole bunch of cables messed up in my last one and that's why i wasn't putting out episodes because the quality wasn't great because i had to record on my phone but that's over the audio will be back to normal or even actually it's even better i'm joined today by andrew wiltsey an absolute beast of a man from pedigo submission grappling guys Andrew is in that documentary on Flow Grappling about uh, Daisy Fresh, an American Jiu-Jitsu story. And oh my god, it is crazy, the antics they got to in that. And guys, also, if you're interested, you can check out the post, uh, the, the pre, not the post, the pre-podcast discussion on the Instagram TV page, at Humanity Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. It's just me and Andrew talking for 10 minutes about anime and movies and stuff before we get into the episode because I pressed record too early. But hey generated a really good 10 minute discussion before we got into the real episode so guys uh hope you enjoy and thanks for listening adios and as you can tell by my crisp sexy audio i've gotten a new microphone at long last so you no longer have to hear or endure my shitty phone mic uh audio sorry shitty phone audio anymore now you can hear all my stupid opinions in crisp audio. And I'm joined by a fucking absolute legend of a man who lives in a fucking, the best place you can ever live. Like, man, I'm jealous of this fucking man because he lives in a fucking jiu-jitsu gym. Who doesn't want to live in a jiu-jitsu gym? Andrew Wiltsy. What is up, Andrew? Hey, sorry you guys have to listen to my shitty phone quality audio, actually. <laughs> I normally have my computer and my gaming headset, but I'm, uh, I'm not actually in the box right now. I'm in an affiliate in Nashville, so I just have my phone. Mm. Oh man, like, uh, did you even have a table? Because I saw you in the in uh, on the first episode. Because I how how long ago did that drop on like Flow Grappling? Like it only dropped on YouTube there like a week ago, but it's been on Flow Grappling for like a year, right? Or what's the deal? I don't think it was a year, was it? Not no, quite. I think, no, I think it was because like uh, this time last year, I was in uh, I was in Dublin. I was just chilling because I, I had Flow Flow Grappling because I used to actually have a job and have money. Those were the days. And I, I was just looking at Flow Grappling. I was like, Daisy Fresh, the fuck is that? I'm like, oh, shit. I remember I was like staring at my grandparents around this time last year because, you know, you know, Facebook memories pop up and you see that you're at this gym or at that gym. Ah, oh, memories when gyms are open. <laughs> uh, so, like, uh, dude, I, and then I see you just chilling with your laptop, like, like uh, the keyboard on the floor or, like, on your knee. I'm like, this guy is a true fucking PC gamer. How many people? Dude, not many people are uh, like, they're like air quotes PC. They'll play on like tables and like fucking uh, fancy schmancy chairs. I'm like, man, if you're not roughing it, you ain't doing it right. Oh, as long as I can just put my monitor down and the way I can see it and have my keyboard and mouse, I don't give a fuck where I am. I'm happy. Like, I'm ecstatic. Like, dude, you ever see those people? They like, they want to play shit or look at stuff straight up while they're, wa- while they're lying on their backs in beds. Like, they'd have a, a te- telly on the ceiling. Like, that is just asking for it to come down and kill you. Like, uh, a, that, that seems like that would backfire for me. With my luck, the ceiling would come down. Uh, B, that's way too fancy for my lifestyle. I, I don't need that. <laughs> like, I really don't need that. Uh, dude, like, uh, one time my cousin was bragging to me about, because, like, you know what, like, uh, a regular bed, like a double bed, has, like, a top, a top thing, like a headboard, and, like, the bottom of it is, like, whatever. The bottom of it was like a big one, and he pressed a button, and a fucking TV would come out the bottom of the TV, go straight up. I'm like, 
Yeah, we'll see how quickly that gets broken when you're like when you're having a nightmare or something. Like, uh, uh, uh. Or even if you just get out of bed too fucking quickly, you might smack the TV if it's up, or you might forget to put it down when you go to sleep when you fall asleep watching Netflix. That could backfire so fucking easily. I wouldn't even want to play play games on like a regular monitor either, because the refresh rate's gonna be really bad and the response time is gonna be really bad. Like, mm-hmm. like if you're gonna use a monitor, you kind of like have to have a, a semi gaming monitor to do like any first person shooters. So, and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna take my gaming monitor and like put it somewhere I can't take with me somewhere I go. So I, mm-hmm. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like uh, I don't know about you, but man, uh, I'm not really big into PC gaming except for like because. I have like a few of the old Elder Scrolls games and my computers are pretty shitty. They're not really good enough to run. Like they barely run Morrowind half the time. Cause you know, my fucking shit isn't that good, but man, Morrowind is so good. I don't, I don't give a shit that looks like crap when I'm running it. You ever play Morrowind? Yeah. It, it was one of the best in the whole series. Uh, Dude. it's just, uh, me and Bert don't care about graphics. Cause we, you know, we never really had nice things like even growing up. So it's like, if we could put everything on super low, that get it to run smooth, we'd be happy. We don't care how it looks. And dude, not to mention, not to mention, mods exist, yeah. so you can make it look better if you have the know-how and you, ha- you know, if the modding scene is good in the game, which it is notoriously good on Bethesda games. Because to be fair, they kind of drop the ball half the time when they fucking release it anyway. <laughs> they kind of just accept it at some point. They're like, "Oh, we'll just release this, and the fans can finish it for us." And, yeah, it, it just works. I, I hate that man, Todd. Lord, I want to strangle him. <laughs> Okay, so man, at last we're going to get into jiu-jitsu th- talk. Now, guys, I swear to God, we haven't been talking for half an hour about random shit. I swear to God, that that's a lie, and I don't really appreciate the accusation. That's a uh, really... Rumors like that can get someone in trouble. I'm looking at you, that one guy who listens to every episode. I'm looking at you, the one guy. Uh, so, Andrew, like, uh, one thing I'm curious about with each of my guests is, like, how you first got into jiu-jitsu. Like, did you train anything else before starting it, or did you just start with uh, jiu-jitsu? Uh, so I actually did uh, judo when I was 13, and I did uh, judo in Hawaii for three months in the gi. And when I went back to the island I lived on in Michigan, I found a guy that was uh, teaching no-gi uh, no judo out of his uh, living room. And it, it was just kind of like a hybrid grappling class. You know, we did some ground stuff. We did some t- uh, throws. I kind of learned how to do like a double leg. And it, so it was – I didn't know the difference between judo and jiu-jitsu. Uh, I thought Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was like the just no gi when you're rolling. Uh, <laughs> no, so I did uh, that from when I was 13 to 20. Essentially, every time I'd be rolling, I would just call it judo and like I got to go to judo tonight. And mm. uh, it was on and off because the kids on the island all quit. They didn't really want to do it. I, I wanted it. I was obsessed. And my uh, instructor, Mike Ogden, would do the best he could to try to keep the class going, but he got hurt a couple times. Like he had a a uh, bad accident and broke his neck and then uh had some other injuries happen like one time i kicked him in the eye and i broke his orbital trying to do an arm bar live yeah i was i was a decently athletic violent fish kid <laughs> yeah, i hadn't learned a lot of technique to hold back and uh one time he was hunting and then he uh was drawing the bow back and it snapped and cut his eye like just barely missed his eye but he had this big gash like a scar you know so we, there was a lot of times the class just wouldn't happen and um I got the opportunity to move into the gym when I was 20 and I just jumped on it. It's like, fuck college, fuck having a secure lifestyle. I'm just going to go live in a gym and be a fighter. And it wor- it ended up working out most, you know, mostly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay. I, I, I'm happy. I got to live my dream. My dream was always to live in the gym, any gym, I, even if it was like open my own gym, I want to live in a gym and just be able to train all the time, all day. It's all I really wanted to do. And then I got to do it. 
Mm. Uh, man, I imagine the crippling addiction to Panda Express orange chicken is a you know it's a good trade off. You know, <laughs> it's not crippling; it's empowering. It's <laughs> oh, dude. Whoa. Oh, if it's so if it's so empowering, whatever happened to the fortune I cookies? <laughs> I just don't want to quit. <laughs> what what happened to the fortune cookies, Andrew? You gotta Which tell us. The, the ones that the Panda Express sent me are the ones that my ex threw away. Uh, the second one. <laughs> So the ones that Panda Express sent me, I still have. I have all of them. I'm mm-hmm. saving those. I, once I win a Black Belt Worlds, okay, then I'm going to eat all of them. <laughs> well, what, would they be gone off? Like, what's the, how's the expiration dates on them? Are you not going to get sick? I don't know if they have expiration dates. They're, like, they're, they're plastic wrapped. I'm sure they, they're going to taste a little funny, but you know what? The taste of victory will overcome that. <laughs> that's, that's another saying. Like, guys, this guy is spitting out sayings and quotes Every two seconds, like someone with a roof on this thing. Oh man, like, uh, are you going to read the fortunes in them, or are you just going to eat the eat the paper? Like, whatever, I don't care. The tapestry will unroll in my stomach. Uh, I do think the taste might be funny enough that once I start, I'm going to have to power through them. So I might do something like, uh, like open all of them ahead of time, and then once I start eating, just like just go, like it, like it's an eating competition. Like I'm Kobayashi, and I have to do this. Yeah, uh, I say for longevity, you would have to like open them all, get get some help, get your boils to help you open every one of them, line them up into a nice little row, little columns and shit. So you can like columns are ten. So when you get like done with one, like okay, that's ten down. Another ten, that's twenty down. Recruit some manpower from the gym, and we could do this for real. Yeah, I just got a belt world title. I've won the black belt nogi pans, but I have that, to. That's win- the easy part. That's the easy part. The fucking the what's it called? The fortune cookie challenge is the real difficult task here. That's what I, I want to talk about. <laughs> I hope he gets after training with us by then, and he'll be able to like make sure I don't die, which uh, that would conflict with my second life goal. Okay, my first life goal was to live in. Okay, I, so I have a few life goals. Okay, the first primary one is I want to live in a gym. Like I always wanted to do that. Okay, the other one is I wanted to have a dog too. Like I want to live in the gym and have a dog, which is hard. Okay, so I'm able to do that now. So I'm living in the gym and I have a puppy. Okay, my third goal is to be immortal because I just never want to die. Like why would you ever want to die? So, you know, I got to I got to put some effort into doing that. Uh, mm. I'm hopeful, though. So far, it's going great. Ooh, maybe if you eat all the fortune cookies with the fortunes in them, that'll make you immortal. Huh? I, I haven't had any evidence that I'm going to die yet. Well, there's no uh, proof that that won't work. Yeah, exactly. What if I what if I become immortal? You know? Yeah, dude, if it does, you got to get Brand Express to hook me up as well. Because, man, you know, I, I give you the idea that I would make you immortal. So you got to hook me up. I, I want everyone to be immortal. No one should have to die. That'd be that's that'd be great. Mm. Now, dude, like uh, I say, if a Wolverine situation be good enough that you just age super super slowly and that like you know you heal really quickly, because then you're gonna still die. You know, I'm not trying to live for another two hundred years. I'm trying to live literally until entropy until we figure entropy out and deal with that. Man, I don't even want to think about the entropy shit. I'm like, yeah, that's way too depressing for me. <laughs> oh, man, sorry. But, man, uh, to get back on track there, all we do is go off in tangents, and I, fu- I fucking love tangents, man. Tangents are the greatest human invention ever, besides tangerine chicken, which just sounds like tangent, but, you know. That's yeah, a funny way to say it's it's a chicken. It's, yeah. a, it's a J. You know, some people, because, you know, apparently tangerine is like a shade of orange, or I don't know what the deal is. I'm like, it's just fucking orange, dude. Shut up. <laughs> So when I was in Michigan, there is there's no Panda Expresses up where I am, uh, up in the UP. You have to go all the way like down past Detroit to find the Panda Express. I think the first one you can find is actually in Chicago, which is a a solid ten hour drive from where I lived. So, uh, 
someone told me, like, oh, you can get orange chicken at this Chinese restaurant. And I was like, really? You know, you have my full attention. And I went there and it, it was chicken and there were oranges in it. And I was like, what is this? They're like, it's orange chicken. I was like, no. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Nah, flip the table, you know, like, it's, it's not good. That dude, <laughs> like, man, I'll have, like, very specific. That dude, you and me are on the same fucking page. I like my Chinese food a certain goddamn way, and if I go to a new restaurant or if I'm or if I'm in another fucking area and I have to fucking make do, I'm not happy if it doesn't tick tick all the fucking boxes. I'm not. So yeah, people sorry. still tell me all the time. They're like, "Did you have to try the orange chicken at this random mass Asian restaurant?" And I'm like, "Look, listen, guys, I appreciate that you were trying to help me, but I, I I like the fast food Panda Express orange chicken sauce on the Panda Express orange chicken that they make. That's it. That's the fucking key to life and immortality and success. And that's great. That's what I like. Like it's man, very specific. Man, I tell you, people. I say people are happy that you weren't around when Szechuan sauce was a thing, or else, man, we'd have the whole Rick and Morty situation now. We were jumping up and down inside fucking McDonald's every day, demanding Szechuan sauce. Man, I'm glad that's not happening. <laughs> I've actually, not not accidentally, I kind of deliberately did this, but I didn't think it was going to kick off like it has. Dude, people send me uh, on Instagram just pictures of them going to Panda Express and getting it. Like, yeah, Victory Panda, I won a tournament today. And uh, I actually had someone I trained with in Nashville say they were in a Panda Express on a college campus, and they heard people talking about Victory Panda, and they were like, what the fuck? So they looked, and they're like, you guys – train and they're like nah dude but our friends told us to watch this thing on flow grappling where this dude just eats orange chicken and beats everyone up so they're like victory panda and i'm like what the fuck has my life become <laughs> it's, fucking awesome. it's so cool well like uh since we're talking about that i think you have to play panda guard now since we're on that topic you know you gotta play it or else it doesn't count as victory panda what what is it panda guard yeah, it's just like uh, imagine like uh, butterfly guards, but just mid inverted, mid inversion. It's just like you're on your shoulders upside down. You're playing butterfly guards. It's the most impractical guard ever. Makes donkey guard look like something practical that anyone could use. Panda guard. It's it's the stupidest fucking thing ever, and that's that's a lot when coming when you're talking about a jiu jitsu position that's a little weird. Panda guard. <laughs> I don't really like to play guard so much. Everyone keeps talking about my guard retention. Uh, I, I like to guard pass. That's what I spend most of my time trying to figure out how to do better. And I just kind of like my guard retention comes from being a high-level passer where I know where I can't let you put me on my back because if I let myself get put there, I would pass my own guard. But Whoa, dude. How would you do if you fought yourself? Uh, if wh Whoever pulled guard would be fucked. Okay, I would pass the fuck out of my own guard like really easily, I think. Which is why I'm always so surprised when the guys can't even like threaten my guard in tournaments, because I know how, exactly how I would pass my guard, and I know that I leave enough holes that they should be able to capitalize on it, but they just don't because they're not aware of it. Mm. So it's like I, I'm a, I don't have a lot of respect for people's nogi passing. That's why I talk about like Gordon Ryan's kind of the only guy that really seems like he systematically knows what he's doing guard, guard passing because he he can pass people nogi with a system. Everyone else kind of jumps around and they're looking for openings that uh, maybe they're there, maybe they're not. They're just trying to flop into side control, and that's not really the way to do it. Mm. So. Like, man, see, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, man, because, man, my fucking – I thought my guard passing was good until I started doing predominantly nogi. Then I got a big slap in my face about how shit my fucking passing was. I'm like, whoa, my guard passing is garbage, man. It's only good in the gi, 
But man, I want to do fucking mostly nogi now, so my guard passing is garbage, and I look like a fucking retard. Harder. Uh, nogi passing is much has to be much more refined because you don't get grips. You have to be in positions where you can already kind of like capitalize on mistakes that you make them make and you know, get to like the upper body attachments matter because you can't really do outside passes. They 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 work if you're able to fall into side control, but. Uh, against good guys or on slippery mats or slippery opponents, it doesn't really work out. So mm-hmm. there's just you, you almost have to switch your style up. If you're like a leg drag, X, X pass Toriando type guy, which I am in the gi, mm-hmm. that doesn't work no gi. So yeah, I have like completely different things I go for a gi and no gi. Mm. Now see, man, I thought I was the man because I used to have this one really good sort of sequence. I, I pass to the left, I do like a leg weave, from the, I go into half their half guard deliberately, get the leg weave, mush down, get the side control, save their half guards to goods. I'd like disengage momentarily from the half guard with a fucking pant grip and just do like a shitty fucking uh, Toriando with one hand to the other fucking side. And that would get them a lot. They'd be like, what the fuck? Cause you know, it was like, whoosh, whoosh. it's like super quick because it's passing left and now I'm right. Take that bitch. I mean, if you're ready for the reaction, that's kind of like what Botswana passing is. It's like having your your reactions based on their reactions, based on your initial move, planned out 10 steps ahead because you've drilled it so many times and you're so familiar with the positions. And, and then just kind of be able to go through a flow chart of if they do this, then I do this, and this puts me here so they can have these options now and these are my responses for all of those. And, and you just kind of go through that until you get side control. And you don't ever lose side control because that's disgusting and shouldn't happen. Yeah, uh, dude. Speaking of the passing, like, when did you first start seeing like success and like you're you sort of made like a mental click and mental note of like, oh shit, this as far as sort of passing thing, I'm sort of fucking good at it. <laughs> when uh, did like when did you start seeing success with it in tournaments? Like, so historically, I I had a really really successful run in every belt, lower belts. Uh, I I won the nogi pans at white or the gi pans at white belt. I won both the Gi Worlds, Nogi Worlds, Key Pans, Nogi Pans at Blue Belt. Uh, did the, you know, I got I got second to Kanyan uh, in the Gi Pans and the Gi Worlds, but I won the Nogi Worlds and medaled the Nogi Pans. Like I, I had a really successful lower belt, and I've always been able to kind of like take people down, pass their guard, and then just never let the pace up until I've gotten a submission, essentially, or I've gotten a mount because there's no stalling in mount. So you know, it's like that position. You can you can actually get your bearings from mount, and that's the place where you should be able to rest. Sorry, man. I do, like, speaking of, like, getting the submission in, what would you say, it's, like, your all-time favorite submission, would it be just in the gym or in competition? What's your favorite one to catch, just in general? So, I like submissions that don't, you know, if you miss them, you don't lose your position completely. So, mm-hmm. like, for example, I don't go for, like, big arm bars from mount unless they're, like, S-mount arm bars, which are a lot more secure than just kind of throwing your legs over. But I, I'm kind of like a uh, pass your guard, mount you, take your back, trap your arm so you can't do anything at all, and then choke you kind of guy. So whether in the gi, there could be like bone arrow chokes or no gi. It could be like the one-arm Marcelo Garcia choke. I do that to a lot of people. Actually, most of my no gi matches you can find online are me doing that to people. So mm. Now, you see with the one-arm choke, like, do you mean like the, his north-south choke or like a Marcelo team? Oh, no, no. He does I, like the north-south choke. Back and I have my hooks in, and I use my legs to trap your one arm. I use my other hand to trap your other arm, so you're just like scarecrow. Oh, okay. And then oh, I just dude, don't get me started on the scarecrowing. I'm like, for fuck's sake, oh, dude, that's worse when it's in fucking crucifix and it's in the gi because that once they get that fucking collar deep when in the crucifix, they they don't even need the other hand. They just like get a little pull, little pull, little pull, fucking kill you with that shit. Oh, so it's just about your shoulder rotation, like. 
Mm. Uh, but dude, I fucking hate crucifix, and I hate especially. I had this tiny guy I was training with, fucking Klijemek. Fucking, he's a real bastard, motherfucker. He's been training for ages, and he's small, way smaller than me. But whenever he'd get me in crucifix, I was dead. I'm like, you bastard. But I got him back because whenever I get him in front headlock, he's dead. So you know, eh. yeah, what's it? Uh, good news, bad news, sort of thing. That's fair. Nah, you know. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. Since we both... Oh, get this. I just remember this. Since uh, we're both named Andrew, I have a fucking little secret to share with you. Okay. I have my, my favorite submission is the Andrew Conda. What? It's the Andrew Conda. It's just front head lock. Instead of, like, locking up the Anaconda straight away, like, get a gable, bumped her arm, like, super... Like, bumped her elbow, get it to slide really ridiculously, capitalize, get the roll through, then slide up. And squeeze the fuck and break okay. their head open. I don't know who you're talking about. I just uh, I don't know the name by that. Oh, it's just a, it's just a twist of the anaconda choke. I do it so fucking much. I'm the only person in the gym that does it. It's just the Andrew Conda. So it's funny. Sometimes there can be this discrepancy between me and other jujitsu people, right? They'll be talking about specific moves and they'll be referring to them by names. I don't know the name that they're referring to because I learned a lot of stuff, and our team learned a lot of stuff from watching competition footage and figuring it out. So uh, it's like. So I, I don't know what people are talking about sometimes when they're saying certain moves. But if you show me what you're talking about, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, Which dude, exactly. Exactly. Like uh, someone said to me, like, gator roll choke. I'm like, the fuck is the gator roll choke? And it's just the anaconda. It's just a different name because, you know, you're doing a gator roll to get yeah. in. I'm like, just say anaconda. That's shorter. That's shorter. It takes less words to say that. And But like one of the craziest ones. You know, like um, the weird, like, arm bar from the guard, you're, like, pressuring down in there. It's like a fucking, like a people, call it, people call it the compression arm bar, Marcelo arm bar, telephone arm bar. It's fucking ridiculous trying to look it up. Like, that's the worst part when you're trying to find the move and research it, and there's no general consensus what the fucking name is. So that, that was actually the hardest part about uh, filming the, the DVDs that we've done with BJJ Fanatics is, like, I'll have... 20 pages of notes on these the moves and concepts and flowcharts and all the stuff I want to get on on camera so that I can just completely you know give everyone a complete system and then they'll be like oh what do you want to call this next move and I'm like oh. <laughs> you know uh, that was the hardest part for me is like having the names because I know people are gonna like see it and be like oh we call that this move over here and I'm like motherfucker I don't care what you call it I just want you guys to be able to do it just, just, just do the thing just do the thing yeah, you so know just do the thing system is, is going to be the only thing that people might be like oh that's odd you know like a, I think one of the big ones is I, I refer to leg weaves you know where my leg is coming from the back of their hips through and then I, I notice a lot of people talk about when they're using their hand instead and I, mm -hmm. I call that the fucking hand weave because you're using your hand to weave their legs and so there could just be some naming things people might be like well that's weird when they see it but mm -hmm. the, the, the moves are good <laughs> Uh, it's all solid shit um, guys for anyone who's like uh, curious and wants to check out Andrew's instruction on BJ Fanatics the buzzstop passing it'll be linked in the description anyway so just click the link you don't have to go searching for it you don't have to type out buzzsaw if you're really lazy just click the link <laughs> you can message me and tell me that and I'll apologize uh, I can't do anything about it now though It's it's I can't change it <laughs> No, dude, it's a great name, but people, I don't know, if someone's too late, if someone's, if someone's like motivated enough to type in Humanity Jitsu Podcast, episode 80, Andrew Wilsey, but they're not motivated enough to type in fucking Buzzsaw Passing, BJ Fanatics, that's on them. <laughs> no, I mean, if they get it and they look at the names of the moves and that bothers them because they're not how they learn them or they're not maybe technically correct, but the, 
they, they can message me. I'll apologize for naming the move wrong, but I, I do stand by all the stuff that I showed. Uh, okay, well, does the move still work? That's all I care about is the move working. I don't care what you guys call it. It's actually kind of like the the stupid fucking bullshit. Uh, American Jiu-Jitsu versus Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu thing that... Oh, uh, gosh. Which is like, has nothing to do with me and my team. We don't give a fuck what you call it. We really, purely, genuinely don't fucking care what you call jujitsu. I don't care if you call it Japanese jujitsu. I don't care if you call it fucking uh, judo still. Or it's just, it's jujitsu. You know, it's grappling. I care about grappling. We yeah. are not trying to rename the fucking sport. We they just used sound clips. They asked us some questions about it on the thing. We're not part of that controversy, and people attack us about that now. Mm. Uh, so pe- people just lump you in with that shit. Yeah, because the, the Daisy Fresh thing is called Daisy Fresh American Jiu Jitsu because it's about a team of Americans, except for Spatchy, that are doing Jiu Jitsu. You know what I mean? It's not us trying to take away or culturally appropriate from the Brazilians who did it from Japan. Yeah, no. like they, they don't have a foot to stand on. They literally did. They they literally did the thing that they're fucking getting shit at you for doing. You even that, I don't care about that. I yeah, really yeah. don't. No, no, I, not to say that you were doing that, but you you get my points. They're getting pissy at someone for doing something that they did themselves. Tad hypocritical. It's just grappling. Who gives a fuck? It's just grappling. I don't... Yeah, exactly. I don't care what you call it. Yeah, like, that's literally... Like, you know, people, like, are looking for shit to get uppity about. That's a very, like, niche thing. How about you get uppity about, like, whether or not your fucking moves are working or whether or not your fucking, your fucking game is developing instead of get uppity about, like, a discretion, like, a distinction um, about a word controversy there's no actual controversy no one is actually doing what they think they're attacking a straw man yeah it's a non-traversy and non-traversy <laughs> uh dude it's like uh what's what's the term it's a fucking it's a nothing burger that's it that's the term i was thinking of i, could, I couldn't think about it but they like there's no, no substance to it at all it's just like there's not nothing between bun and bun there's no shit nothing at all <clears throat> oh dude speaking of which one of the questions I had recently was, man, is there anything in the jiu-jitsu community that you don't like and you would change if you could? Or something that you're just like, man, whenever you see it, you're like, fucking hell, I can't stand this shit. There's actually a few things I could rant about if you want me to rant. Dude, rant away. I'm all ears, bro. So for, first off, there, there's so much ego in jiu-jitsu. Mm. Uh, there's all these high-level athletes that you're, you're not a fucking UFC fighter, dude. It's, mm. You're doing a grappling match under a rule set that has things you're allowed to do, not allowed to do. The ego is insane. People think they're superstars in jiu-jitsu. When the, and the amount of shit-talking that goes on before these matches because of that ego is stupid. It's like they're, they're trying to become the next Conor McGregor instead of just going out there and seeing if my jiu-jitsu is better than your jiu-jitsu on that day. Mm. Okay, there's so much shit-talking, so I don't like that. I don't like the gyms that don't uh, let you cross-train. I think oh, that's... Dude. Uh, like all the culty stuff in jiu-jitsu about having to wear a certain type of rash guard or a certain color of gi or bow to the fucking picture on the wall before you do class, after you do class, or bow on and off the mats. Or, or turn like, your back to the mat when you're tying your belts. Yeah, like, that's that, so that, stupid. Piss me off. Uh, all of that stuff is culty nonsense. You don't need that. Again, it has nothing to do with grappling. Like, all I care, again, if you can't tell, all I care about is the actual grappling. All of the other nonsense, like, we don't have anything like that at our school. I, uh, I've, since I've got my black belt, I, you know, I've traveled a lot to a lot of different schools, and people are, like, scared to ask me to roll because I'm a black belt, and their school doesn't allow you to ask black belts to roll. That's, like, not allowed. And I'm like, what the fuck? I want to roll with the people that want to roll with me. I want people to ask me to roll, you know? 
Yeah, like you know, man, what's what's the what's the problem? Like you're you're a person, you're a human being. It's it's not like oh, it's not like you're a fucking upper echelon. Like oh, fucking Mister May, may I please roach you. It's some bullshit like that. We all sucked at one point, and uh, compared to certain people, most of us still suck. Mm. So like, it's just dumb. And then the other rant, I I could definitely go on about. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, mm. uh, especially since the Noki pans was uh, the jujitsu community doesn't give a fuck about steroid use at all none Dude, 100% it's there's no ben, there's no reason for a jiu jitsu athlete to not do steroids all the way up until black belt okay i used to think you know the guys are all doing their steroids all the way white blue purple brown oh then they stop when they get the black belt because you can actually get tested and caught at black belt okay oh, fuck all the people that do this by the way okay but that's that's not the, the case. Okay, we have a bunch of teams. Like, let's let's use Kanyan for an example. He popped four steroids at black belt, and then had a year suspension. There was no actual backlash from the community whatsoever. Okay, that's not to mention he got a month's notice that he'd be getting tested. Like, do, like yeah. how do you fail if if you're given a month's notice? Got to be a moron to fail that, I'm sure. But uh, for gosh, to get off my site. So imagine the shit that he did get off. Oh Jesus! Oh well, man, I give I give some credit because man, at least it's not like old school UFC where they go on the steroids all the time until their testosterone is fucked, then go on TRT, which was perfectly legal at the fucking time in the UFC. And then like you had TRT tour just eviscerating people, fucking fucking up Michael Bisping's eye. At least like you know, there's no like fucking loophole shit. What the fuck am I talking about? First, is like sorry, I'm just gonna get getting off into weeds and shit. So. Uh, so there's no actual backlash. Okay, so he popped. He had a year suspension for, for the COVID year. You couldn't compete anyways. And then a double punishment. what a punishment. Yeah, Pans doesn't get tested. Okay, I know they didn't test because they didn't test me. I was I was I've been waiting my entire career for them to test me because I'm an American. I'm white as fuck. I know they're gonna look for shit for me. You know what I mean? Mm. And he he didn't get tested again. There's no backlash from the community on any of the forums about him being a cheating scumbag. You know, like he, he cheated his entire career, obviously. He did get caught, obviously. And then he comes back. The reason he's as good as he is is because he got to do steroids and train 10 hours a day and not be fucked up from it. Stronger than fuck because he does steroids all the time. I mean, he still has to work a little bit for it, but come on. Yeah. And then immediately is accepted as the, the one of the best of all time as soon as he double golds again while on fucking steroids again. I'm absolutely positive. It's like there's no backlash from the community and it's disgusting. Because, yeah, I think it's because people have such a fucking, uh, what's it, boilerplate understanding what steroids do. They think, oh, it'll just make you stronger, give you a bit more energy. No, it fucking helps you with your recovery as well. You can go balls to the wall every single fucking day. Like most people can go balls to the wall one or two times a week and then they're spent, they're fucked. Their bodies will fucking break if they keep it up. Look to like guys that are at Blue Butt right now that are maybe getting pressure from the competition scene or getting pressure from their coaches or their teammates. They're trying to, you know, like, hey, listen. You're, you're struggling right now. Try this. You know what I mean? They're going to do it because they see there is actually no repercussions whatsoever because you don't even have to stop at Black Belt. He got caught and he's still fucking getting money doing jujitsu from people that think he's awesome. My God. Mm. Like, what does this do for the rest of the community? Mm. Uh, dude, here's the thing. Like, here's why it would just, I, I might, you know, I, I bet most people think the same way as me. Just like why I would never, ever do anything like that. You know, say I think, you know, say your goal is, oh, I want to win this competition. I think how you go about doing something is more important as if you achieve it or not. 
Because, you know, okay, I could go on a million fucking steroids, fucking TRT, fucking get jacked like a motherfucker and, uh, you know, stay the same belt for four fucking years and win win every fucking thing. But, like, what's what's that really worth? It's not really worth much if you fucking cheated and fucking, you know, act, t- took the piss to fucking achieve it anyway. That, that's something I've actually thought about a lot. Okay, not, not the cheating part, but, like, how you win matters. Okay, mm-hmm. if anyone ever pays attention to my roles, I don't do the shit like put my hand on your face. Like, I don't fucking club you as hard as I can trying to do the, the Miss Piggy. Yeah, there, there's all these dick things you can do. If, if winning at all costs is your absolute goal, there's a lot of things you can do in a jiu-jitsu match that are really kind of kind of scumbaggy. And, you know, I don't I don't want to win that way. It's not mm-hmm. worth it to me to win that way. I want to win without doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of respect for those guys that go out there and they grab their fingers and twist and they're just... They're assholes, you know. Hundred percent, man. Our man, there's fucking uh neon neck, neon like neon soul, like right in the solar plexus and shit, like really, 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 really dickish and extravagant. Like right. whatever, doing it for control yeah. for a bit. Effective dickish. No, you know what I mean. Like, like okay, neon belly pressure is is effective. It's like a, it's it's decently legit. And then you could actually get into arguments here because this is nuanced, you know. Like, so it, is this? The most effective way to do it, you know, gumshire grabbing three fingers and twisting is effective, but you are still kind of being an asshole, you know, mm-hmm. whereas I wouldn't classify neon belly pressure as being an asshole. I would count that as having effective technique. Mm-hmm. But, oh, no, I, I mean, like extravagant shit, like really uh, in the flexus and shit and just holding and holding, holding, not even really trying to fucking advance shit. Because, you know, like, man, I remember this one time I this fucking dickheadish proper belt came to our gym and all he was doing for six minutes because six minute round just neon bellying me i'd escape i'd get a short reprieve for a second he'd slap it back on and i literally had my arm dangling up like this begging him to arm bar me like anyone could get this arm bar like it was just a fucking i was begging him really to get the arm bar well but believe you huh i, I actually made an episode about this like a jerk jitsu episode but i got I, let's just say i got mine back in him because 30 seconds left, I escape, get into an ankle lock. His foot was wrapped up anyway because he'd injured it before. I'm like, fuck you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Something like someone's got like an obvious disability in a match. Like if they're going to the match with their foot taped, I'm not going to like purposefully attack that foot because what's the point of winning that way? Mm. Your your guy sounds like he kind of had it coming a little bit, but like, like I I, want to be better than that in competition and training and that's just my personal jujitsu philosophy, though. Oh man, see, like, uh, it's kind of a th- like, I'm sort of like, I, I've been injured a few times going into comps. Like, I've never, the only times I was at 100% ever competing was the first two fucking times. Every other time, there's always been something, a little niggle, or this happened to me, that happened to me. There's always been fucking something. I never wear, I don't know about you, if you wear, like, if you wear a foot brace, if your foot was at you, you don't want to, like, show an obvious weakness, like, in my opinion. Like, I'm not, I'm not, like, condoning people saying, oh, his ankle is at him. Let me rip an ankle lock and just make him tap haphazardly. You know, he might have been able to last longer, his foot was 100%, but hey, eh, fuck it. You know, I'm not, I'm not all about that shit. I, I think what people do is they wrap both feet so they can't guess which one it is, but, mm-hmm. again, you... I, I know what you mean. Like, you don't want to wrap your foot going into a competition because you're like, oh, fuck, they're going to attack that ankle. Obviously, mm. it's fucked up. It'll ta- have to tap a lot easier. Mm. Or if you want to be psychological about it and tap, uh, tape your good foot and not your bad foot so they'll attack your good foot, you're like, okay, fine, I can defend this a bit better and fuck them anyway. <laughs> maybe, maybe just not tape either if you're going to do that. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, see, just in your opinion, 
say because you've you know from like a coaching perspective like what would you prioritize would you prioritize like drilling rolling or like positional sparring say it's just a regular class like which one of them three would like take up the highest amount of time like a typical class so uh so our class structure okay we have a <clears throat> six fifteen to 7 is like a technique you know so heath or someone will be showing technique and they'll be practicing that but then like what we've always kind of considered class was like seven to like eight thirty nine is just hard competition sparring stuff, uh, which is not necessarily the best time to be. Not, it, it's where you should be working on new stuff, but that's not when you're going to get proficient at it necessarily. You're going to get proficient at stuff when you're drilling it on at different times. You know what? I I work under the concept that you have an abundance of free time to practice because, uh, like a normal person that works twelve hour shifts. Uh, they're probably not going to take drilling advice from me because I live in a gym and I'm able to do it full time. You know, like they, they'd have to find a way to compress it down or like do smaller ratios than I'm doing, but I'm also trying to, I'm trying to be one of the best in the world. Mm. So like, that's the lifestyle I chose, mm. but I used to work I, 12 hours and I'm all ears, bro. So <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> optimal. This is what I think optimal kind of looks like. Okay. You, you drill for like, if you had to do ratios, Maybe it'd be something like 60-40 between drilling and live rolling. I think you need to drill more than you live roll because you're not necessarily getting better at executing moves during your live rolls. Okay, like it's hard to get better and crisper and have better timing and doing an arm bar from closed guard while you're free rolling. Because not only will you not end up in closed guard every single roll or necessarily very often, that you're going to have problems going for those attacks from there because you haven't spent enough time working on it. Mm, no, dude, exactly. But see, with like the you know with the like sixty forty split you just mentioned, like how would you segment to forty percent the free rolling into like just regular all everything goes to like positional stuff? Like how would you segment that forty percent? Mm. So I mean, uh, positional stuff, like maybe ten percent. Mm. Uh, because I do think you need to spend time really doing hard matches, really trying to win, and then you need to get good at executing your game from not having your game at all. So like starting standing, you don't have to start every role standing. I'm not saying that, but mm. generally the person that wins is the person that's better at doing their game in the match. Mm. And then uh, the positional stuff, like if I, I think of positional stuff, like maybe, you know, like starting in close guard or starting in side control or starting in uh, lasso, like positions I would try really hard to avoid letting someone put me in at all. Okay. Mm. And most of the good stuff in Shitsu is going to be preventative. So... That's what I mean. Like the live rolling, you're going to spend more time preventing yourself from getting put in those positions, which is going to be more useful than knowing how to get out of those positions afterwards, which you still have to know how to do it. But again, we have to split our time up some way. Mm. Uh, you can also look at it this way. Okay, look at this from a guard passing perspective. So guard players play their favorite guard every day. Mm. As a guard passer, you have to know how to pass everyone's favorite guard if you let them put you in there. Mm. So obviously, you, you can't spend as much time working to get out of their favorite guard as they spend playing it. But you can spend as much time preventing them from putting you into any kind of guard. So it pushes the onus back a little bit to where you're actually trying to pass them as hard as you can from the very start. And you're doing so much more preventative stuff with grip fighting and hip positioning, mm. pressuring in and pressuring out rather than letting them put you into a guard to begin with. So they won't even get the opportunity to put them, put you into the fucking flavor of the week, like lasso, lapel, spider, or whatever the fuck. They won't even get the opportunity to do it. People put me in any guard at all, like uh, especially in a, like a gym setting when I'm really cutting loose because I get nervous in competition and sometimes I don't compete exactly how I train. Uh, or complain they can't even get their feet on me because I don't give them an opportunity. 
because mm-hmm. why would why should I why would I let you put me into your favorite garden unless we're really genuinely playing around? Mm. Now that makes sense, man. That's a good way to look at it. Now, see, man, I just want to pick your brain about this because, man, this is uh, people always stumble with this question, and I I fucking love the stumbling shit. Like, oh well, uh, let me think. <laughs> well, just like uh, your gym, fucking uh, pedago submission fighting. I hope I s- pronounced that right. Is that right? Yeah. That was correct, cool. yeah. Cool. Like, man, I'm notoriously shit at pronouncing names sometimes. That's not even a Brazilian name. Like, he's a, it's a normal fucking, this is a white guy name. But, like, uh, what you say is, like, the most important value that's been instilled in the gym environment there? So, everyone thinks that jiu-jitsu is an individual sport, but it, it's not. You, you can't actually get good at jiu-jitsu on your own. You need training partners, and you need partners that are willing to do shit that's not necessarily fun for them or benefiting them as much as it's benefiting you. So it's like the camaraderie and the the willingness to help and be helped is is so important, you know. Like it because I do so much drilling that if I didn't have willing partners that were willing to let me do horrible shit to them for hours at a time, I wouldn't be able to get good. Okay, and then I wouldn't be able to refine my technique to the point where later on I can help other people with what I've figured out by drilling it so much. So it's like being close with your team, being willing to be the partner that's getting fucked up, and also having partners that are willing to get fucked up is really important. And that's why it's like, you know, we're, we're the small team that's trying to be successful. We don't have 100 people. We just have, we all just try really hard. You know, we're trying to be successful in a sport that's got AOJ and Atos and Checkman's great 5,000 Gracie Baja schools. And it's, we're kind of trying to show that you don't have to be from a big school to do it. You just have to have the right people around you. Mm. And so that's just surround yourself with the people that want you to succeed, not the people that are necessarily successful. 100% man. Now dude, I heard this great saying one time. Your man asked asked like a group of people. He, he was like a, I think it was a seminar or something. He had a few people around and he's giving like a little spiel at the end of the seminar. He's like, oh, guys, I just wanna, want you to know something. I want you to just ask you a question so you get to see what the consensus is. Guys, who do you think is the most important person on the match at any any given time? You know, there's like uh, the coach, uh, the me or it's like no it's your training partner your training partner is your is the most important person in the match because you couldn't do shit without them just remember that and be fucking be considerate and be a fucking good partner and don't be some dipshit when you're roll when you're like drilling don't be flopping like like say you're passing and they just flop after the pass no you want like intelligent reactions occasionally like you know that's what i do the whole time when I'm up with you. i don't man every time when even if they're just even if they don't ask me to occasionally they say they're doing a fucking Delaheva pass or whatever throw the hook back in for a second or get a new grip just to throw a wrench into work and make them think because you know maybe that'll happen eventually and they'll they, they want to be wary of it you know not, and it's not because I'm an asshole <laughs> big, the fact that I'm an asshole is is irrelevant <laughs> no, I, I, I agree man uh, the, they need to be like there's good partners and bad there's people I'd prefer to drill with. Because they'll give me the responses I'm looking for technically, or they'll escalate their pressure or resistance based on where I am at my drilling. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you don't always drill with 100% resistance, and you don't always drill at 100% pace. You scale up depending on what you're working on and how far into your drilling you are and how good you are at it. Uh, but then there's also some people I like to drill with because they're just kind of retarded and they, <laughs> as hard as they can. And that's what I'm looking for at the time. You know, I want to proof my technique on someone that's just going to fight as hard as he can, even if I ask him not to. So then uh, I'll, I'll switch my partners up, kind of depending on what I'm looking for. Mm, 100%, bro. Yeah, dude, we got a bunch of Instagram questions here. And oh, my God, 
Just the most amount of Instagram questions I've ever gotten. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, you might know some of these guys. So I'll, re I'll read out the names. <clears throat> I know this guy. Uh, <clears throat> so sorry. <clears throat> Don't be coughing into the mic. I might transmit the Rona to you virtually or some bollocks. I don't know. <laughs> I would be surprised, given my lifestyle, if I have not had it already. <laughs> uh, who knows? Uh, man, uh, Aaron Hiley says, uh, I'll had, I had this guy in the podcast twice, like Aaron Haini. That's how you have, you have to say it, like pure Dublinish. Uh, what's uh, would you say is the biggest assets you have slash heads that contributed to winning major titles at Colored Belts for you? Uh, so my, my coach gave me a good mentality from the very start. That, that, that buzzsaw mentality of not accepting anything, uh, not accepting any grips I don't have to, not accepting any positions I don't have to, not stuff like side control, but stuff like a hook or stuff that can snowball from there to something worse off down the line. You know, it's just mm -hmm. like from the get-go, be the saw going through the guy. And uh, especially in my lower belt career where I was able to be so much more technically proficient than everyone because of the amount that I drilled, it, it paid off. Like I've beaten some really good guys uh, badly. Like uh, the, the reason I beat Hinaldo the last three times I went with him was because I was just more technical than him because I'm not nearly as athletic as he is, not even fucking close. Uh, I beat Matias Luch 28 to zero the first time I went with him. And then I beat him again at the Nogi worlds. Uh, like I couldn't beat those guys on athleticism at all. I'm not really a super athlete. You know what I mean? I'm just able to be technically good in that, with that mentality, backing it up. Mm. That's cool, bro. Can't, I said, what's that? Ah, sorry. thing was a little blurry there. My fucking phone's a bit shit. Sorry about that. Uh, how do you, uh, Hammy radio, ham radio, Radio, like Ray Dio. I'm like, I've never read that out before. Uh, how do you keep your body ready to train every day with the high intensity you go at? So that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> so by the start, by the start of my training week is on Sunday. Okay, we have a. I, I go out and I do sprints when it's warm enough that I can do sprints at about three, and then our big competition open mat is at five on Sundays, and it, it's fucking hard. That one's really hard because we got. People come from a bunch of different schools for that one. We can have 40-plus people on the mats, and he pushes it really hard. So then starts on Sunday, and uh, I do my conditioning mostly, like my lifting and stuff on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, on top of my drilling, on top of our competition sparring, on top of stretching and all that. So then by, like, Thursday, I'm fucked up, man. Uh, I don't do a lot of preventative stuff. I just accept the fact that I'm fucked up. I just, uh, like, I, you know, I take protein after I get done training, like whey protein and stuff. The appropriate amount of sleep is really important. Uh, stuff like fish oil and a cleaner diet is really important. Uh, don't ever skip your stretching because being more flexible just really saves your body. But again, like, I, I know by the end of the week, I'm not going to be rolling as good as I was at the start of the week. But I kind of don't mind that because in my head, it's okay to be fucked up in, in the training sessions and weeks leading up as long as you're making progress in the appropriate way. because you know, before a tournament or before a match, you'll have three to four days to recover. So that's what you kind of aim for is to be able to go at peak performance on the day of the competition. So I'm okay with being fucked up throughout the week. And I, I don't mind being sore and I don't mind uh, being injured a little bit as long as it's not something major. I'm okay with that. Mm. Uh, dude, I say uh, old Andrew won't be doing it, won't be happy with you. I'm would you? <laughs> accepted that I'm not going to be able to move at 50. Like I'm, I've, I know that's the what I'm heading towards. But again, people don't understand is I, I I'm fully cognizant of what I am doing to my body and the lifestyle I'm living. I living in a gym is not going to be nice to your body. Not if you're trying to be successful or you're, you know, you're at autos and just getting stuck full of needles all the time. Um, 
I like at 50, I'm not gonna be able to move, but I'll kind of lived the life that I genuinely wanted to live and lived it happily. And mm. that's better than most people can say they've done. Mm. I say you'll be really popular at the nursing home when you're in the wheelchair and you can't move and you look all decrepit like, I chose this. Ah <laughs> uh, well, uh, at least you'll have all the fucking medals around your neck while they're while they're taking care of you the whole time. Like I fucking chose this, champ, champ, motherfuckers. I'll actually be able to move. That's what I'm really. I'm I'm super pro science, so let's go. Hundred mm, uh, percent. Zach tattoos asks <clears throat> best guard pass to work on as a white belt. Uh, I think the best. So okay, I'll give you the best three. I think the best ones you can work on are X pass. Toriando and leg drag okay because you can chain those three on anyone at white belt there's no way a fucking white belt can stop you from doing those and if you like th- those those three passes almost alone carried me all the way to winning uh white blue and purple belt worlds okay and obviously you do need more than that but i think those are the the, the most effective use of your time especially at the early belts so you develop that good outside passing system and then you can refine your way into pressure passing systems. But you'll always be able to use your outside passes because you've spent a lot of time getting good at them to set up your pressure passes instead of people that learn pressure passing first and they kind of come in and pressure pass when it's not there. Mm-hmm. They, they come in too slow or they're going and they're trying to force a pass that's not quite you know, set up at the right way or it's not optimal at that time. Uh, the best time to hit pressure passes is off of some outside pass. So outside passing is going to be your your game especially in the gi mm. now that makes a lot of sense man because the fucking chains especially early on chaining shit together is super fucking important man because you know you might not see how everything you know chains together but you know that'll give you a better understanding of shit initially like oh this will lead into that that'll lead into this potentially and there's an option to do this maybe you know open yeah, that shit up to them early 100 percent Yo, Scott Jitsu, I don't know if you know him. Uh, uh, what is Andrew Wiltsey doing post-finding out of Panda Express's foreclosure? Didn't know they were foreclosing. Okay. So I... I oh, oh, I uh, uh, give, give, so give, him, give him a second, ladies and gentlemen. He has to adjust. So I, I can make orange chicken from scratch. It's just not as good as uh, Panda Express orange chicken. So it's like... I, I've, I've actually spent time to learn how to make the sauce. And how to how to fry it up and do everything, but it, it never comes out quite right. Okay, Did you never ask for the hookup when you were there? Like, yo, guys, could you you know give me some of the spare shit in there and give me the recipe, or like break it down by a mechanic by a fucking bio fucking chemical level? Or Got something? them to give me inverted hats one time, and I was pretty happy with that. Say what? The Panda Express in town. I got them to give me inverted Panda Express hats. Oh man, we were pretty happy at that point. Um, what would I do with Panda Express clothes? I I, dude, man, fuck this question. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is hurting my feelings to think about. Uh, I would be, I would be unhappy, and I would spend. It'd be like the sriracha sauce again. Like I'd be spending a lot of time trying to find it and perfect not the, it. Not the sriracha sauce. We don't talk about the sriracha sauce. Yeah. We, we don't. That is a banned topic on this fucking podcast. <laughs> okay, uh, Rich hates Jitsu. Asks, who would you like? <clears throat> Who would you like to face next? Roberto Jimenez would make it exciting uh, match for the fans. So Roberto's always fun to go with, man, because he he just does everything with reckless abandon. You know, he's young, he's fucking incredibly athletic, and he's mentally really, really sharp with his grappling sense. Uh, I, I think my movements are refined enough that I could 
I could win the match, but it, it you can never go into a match with Roberto and be like, oh, this is going to be an easy match because the motherfucker is good. Okay. <laughs> uh, he, he's he's a guy you got to put the pace on him. Like I, I would try to match him pace for pace, and we'd see who made the first mistake essentially. Uh, but I'm actually really good friends with Roberto. We talk all the time. Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of his. We, we've competed against each other, I think, four times now. And we're two and two. I, I beat him when he was younger. He beat me the last two times. So it's like he he's really good. We're not quite the same size though. I think people think we are. Uh, I've got a little frame. <laughs> he does not. He's gotten big now. So I can't guarantee a win over him, but I, I would try. He'd be oh, a dude, if you fought him again, like what sort of what what rules set would you like to fight him under? Would you like to fight him like fight to win, EBI, combat jiu-jitsu, or IBJF? I, I think fight to win has the worst rule set I've ever competed on. Uh, elaborate, man. What, what's what's your? It's all just bad incentives. Fight to win doesn't give you takedown points. They give you slam points. So there's unless you're you're confident in your ability to go to get a slam, there's no incentive to do any wrestling whatsoever. Okay, and you can avoid getting slammed at any time just by sitting the fuck down when you are getting taken down. So all the wrestling is pointless. Okay, there's no positional scoring whatsoever at fight to win. There's no points for mount. There's no points for back. There's uh, they do one point for a shitty submission attempt. So like I could pass you and I could mount you and I could get in your back and you could get away and then I could resweep you and repass you and remount you. You go for one shitty toehold, you're winning. Okay, and then a, t- a close submission is five points, which is uh, a lot. So I, I just think the rule set is bad incentive. Well, man, my toehold was kind of on. So what the fuck, man? Like, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm not really a sub hunter, so sub only rule sets are not really catered towards my style. I can do them, but like you know, I'm, I don't recklessly dive onto holds, and I don't really play that particular jujitsu style very well. I'm working on it. I'm working on my leg lock game and stuff, but that's just not really what I'm geared towards. Uh, or dude, I, people throwing on shitty esteemas from fucking top half guard. I, you see that so much. I'm, I'm starting to question where not the fucking esteema lock even fucking works. I'm like. It's always thrown on, and I never, I never see anyone getting a tap with it. So, does it even work? What the fuck? It gets you an advantage or five points at fight to win. Mm. Uh, so, I actually like IBJJF rule sets, especially now that they've added in leg locks and heel hooks. Okay, because I think they have a decent point system. You know, like I think two points for a takedown is sensible. I think three points for a pass is sensible. I think four points from out in the back is sensible. I don't know why neon belly gives you points. I don't really think that needs to be a thing, but it, it, it's whatever. It's not usually the deciding factor in a match. The one thing I would like to see added in, though, is I, I think in terms of incentives, okay, so there's still not really a good incentive for people to stand up and wrestle, mm. okay? You don't get a lot of exciting stand-up games or people that even care about it. You, you can have pure guard pullers, okay, that just play, like, lapel guard and worm guard and shit like that, which I think is really stagnant for the sport. So I, I would like to see them implement a, a system where every time you pull guard, your opponent gets one point, not not two. Mm. Okay, that way when you pull guard the onus is on you to you, you chose the position you should be able to do something from it you should be able to at least get uh a sweep okay but no so I, I could argue that maybe one point is excessive but you could say at least if you pull guard your opponent gets an advantage yeah because because that's fair right if you if i can't yeah, almost lose and yeah. now the incentive right now is uh let's say i know you're going to pull guard Okay, I have to double guard pull with you and come up to get the advantage. So then I shouldn't even attempt to get a takedown because it's very easy to pull guard on someone that's trying to take you down as long as you're aware. Mm-hmm. So 
watching people double guard pull and then one person come on top is is really boring and looks stupid. It's not good for the sport. Mm. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like if you're going to give him the advantage for just coming up, just give him the advantage anyway so then he can just initially try to pass you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because like it would kill it would kill a lot of stalling thing because if you're already down, you're like, well, I either got to sweep, I either got to sweep or submit this motherfucker. Advantage to make the neutral because you chose the position by pulling guard. So, yeah. and then I think it would actually do a lot for the rule set. But otherwise, I do like IBJJF rules, especially now that they've added leg lock, heel hooks, and stuff, so that there's no reason for the tenth planet guys and the DDS guys, like just those leg lock only people, to not compete with them anymore. So now the, the they should show up to the Nogi Pans and Worlds, and according to them, they should be able to kill everyone. Mm-hmm. They won't, but they they have no reason not to. <laughs> All right, but get this. I sort of have a good workarounds. Like, how do you think this would work? Like, say, like, uh, say, like, black belt matches are 10 minutes, right? So, like, uh, how about the first two minutes? That's sort of, uh, how about the first two minutes? If you pull guard, you get, like, point reduction or your opponent gets the points. Then, like, the next minute, next two minutes after that is the advantage thing. So, like, for the first four minutes, you're either not pulling guard or you have to work takedowns. That would be... I'm not a fan of that, where they add points halfway through the match. The A lot of it seems pointless. Um, <laughs> pointless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've actually seen really weird calls at like uh, Subspectrum and stuff where uh, they they had double guard pulled for the first four minutes or whatever, and then uh, after they started adding points, one guy came up and they gave him two, and then you're like, what the fuck? Uh, so I don't know. I I don't really like that idea. Uh, it's supposed to incentivize people going for stupid submission attempts, but that's not really what you should want to see. I, I think you know. You, you want to see good jujitsu, you and a lot of good jujitsu is positional stuff. So taking away all incentive for positional stuff is, again, it comes down to incentives behind the rules, and I don't think people spend enough time thinking about that. Mm. No, that makes a lot of sense, man. Uh, we got what's this? Azo will? I don't know how to pronounce that. What's your MBTI personality type? I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> Do you know what it means? Um, I, my ex girlfriend was actually uh. A counselor, she had her master's degree and stuff. I, I know exactly what he's talking about. I don't remember the personality types, though. I think maybe people could get a good read on mine and tell me what mine would be, uh, but I, I really couldn't tell you what they are off the top of my head. But I, I am aware of what you're talking about. Mm. Uh, I, wish I, I, wish, I wish I was. They're doing... Say what? Sorry. As, as far as I know, that that's all kind of pseudoscience anyways. There's no real basis and evidence behind any of that, like the personality types and stuff. Uh, I might be wrong, so if I'm wrong, uh, feel free to talk shit about me on Instagram. You know, it's fair. <laughs> yeah. I, I get it, and I'm wrong. I'd, I'd like to be told I'm wrong. Nah, man. Whenever I hear personality shit like that, I'm like, it reminds me of Scientology. They're like, oh, the personality test. I'm like, then it just reminds me of Tom Cruise in one episode of South Park. I'm like, yeah, uh, I don't want to get fucking sued by Scientology, so let's uh, let's not get, even get into that. <laughs> oh, man, you see, you see how much of a shit show that was. Oh, yeah. I was fucked up. That's it. Uh, what's it? Ruben Toter. I think that's what I said. I'm terrible at names, guys. I'm sorry. You you all notice we're 80 episodes in. So if you don't notice, I'm sorry. You're in for a rude awakening. <laughs> how often do you stretch, and for how long after each session, if at all? So I, I try to stretch twice a day. For it, it takes me about half an hour to get through my whole stretching routine. Uh, I usually hold all of my stretches for about 35 seconds ish, 40 seconds ish. I usually use a timer. And I only stretch when I'm very, very warm. Uh, uh, most of the research shows that when you come in and you try to stretch cold, 
not only are you not getting any tangible benefit in your flexibility, but you're actually kind of just causing little micro tears that cause swelling, which can decrease your flexibility, which is not what you want. So it's like if you, if you want to get more flexible, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to get flexible. Uh, you can do yoga programs, active stretching. I, for, for me, passive stretching when I'm really warm works well. Uh, but I don't have a lot of personal knowledge on some of the more active stretching stuff. Uh, I couldn't tell you what the best way to do it is, uh, is what I'm saying, but that does work for me and I can do the splits. Almost, so, Oh man, I, I, I bet there's an astronomical amount of people that would love to see that. I've said, do you have, I bet, I bet there's, you have a, a million thirsty fangirls in the fucking, uh, in the comment section, like, Oh my God, you can do the splits. Oh my God. <laughs> They're all here for the puppy. They just want to see the puppy now. Oh, so you, none of the fangirls want to see the splits anymore. They just want to see the puppy. Yeah, that's essentially what it is, which is a, probably a healthier way to channel it anyways. Well, to be fair, women like dogs. Like I remember back in the day when I was actually on dating websites before I got so apathetic about it. Uh, I'd, I'd go over to the neighbor. I'd be hanging out with him like, oh, yeah, can I buy your dog for a second? Get, get a picture with the dog. <laughs> I know that sounds stupid, but that you gotta play the game, man. You know how it is. You gotta you gotta play the game. <laughs> okay. Uh, last question from uh, Safin Sark Sark I'm terrible at names, guys. I'm so sorry. Uh, what's the most important thing in guard passing, in your opinion? So okay. So the most important thing is you have to be the person that initiates something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so like I like I talk a lot about pushing the onus back further and further into the match. Okay, so like closer to the start of the match, what you do is going to be more important than what you do later on down the line because all of the stuff you're going to do later on down the line is going to have a lower ch- success rate inherently because positions are going to lend themselves towards the guard player a little bit. Okay, and uh, there's going to be more and more chance that you're going to end up in a sweep or a submission because he's going to have some type of control point. So I'm a big fan of from the gate be the person that gets your grips first and then because you got your grip first you get the first initial turn okay it's like you get to start first in a chess game and then if you both play perfectly who wins okay except Mm -hmm. it's a little less complicated than that because let's say i grab both your pants first you have to reach up and grab me back or you have to try to strip my grip so you have to do some kind of response to that but before or during your response i should get the initial turn where your hips are now out of position. So now I'm starting to make you force or choose between different things. You either continue to break my grip, you try to address the pass, and then because I got that first one, I now you have to respond to me, and it's going to be a response that's not necessarily an attack on me, so I can chain off of your response. So mm-hmm. be the first person to go. You'll snowball matches a lot more. You can beat people more technical than you by not letting them get to their stuff. Don't If you're going against the best spider guard player in the world, don't be in his spider guard. Okay, it's very important. Yeah. Uh, so, man, the only situation where I can think uh, going second is the more, or being second is the better idea and it's more beneficial, is when you're playing Yu-Gi-Oh! So you can summon a monster in your first turn. <laughs> so I actually do play Yu-Gi-Oh! Believe it or not, I've play, played it quite a bit. Me, me and my little brother are really genuinely, like, uh, we, we're just, just athletic enough to pull off semi-professional jiu-jitsu, but we're just nerds, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. I like, love that shit, man. Dude, I was crazy. Oh, but dude, man, uh, all I would do, like, I never really played Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, you know how it is. Like, people would collect the cards, like Pokemon, but they wouldn't play the fucking game. It was fucking crazy. And then I got this game. It was the fucking. It was the car. It was like the game on fucking PS3. 
you know, you played the card game. Right, and, you know, you'd, you'd win the toy, uh, coin toss. What am I saying? Toying toss. Coin toss, man. Sorry, my brain just had, I just had a brain fart there. It's like, uh, what's it? You know, you could either choose to go first or go second. I always go second. You summon a monster your first turn. You're already fucking, you're already winning because you have a monster on the field and they can go fuck themselves. I don't care that I always lose to the CPU. Shut up. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I'm rolling with lower belts and they're just completely falling for all of the little traps that I'm setting up. I tell them, I'm like, you just activated my trap card. <laughs> like, I got so much all my rolls that it's, uh, I can't believe no one slapped me yet. <laughs> our dude i have uh we played this card game this whole time called bullshit it's just like with regular cards uh say okay you gotta you know you have uh you put down two cards like okay these are two trees this other guy puts down three trees how the fuck there's not five trees in, in a deck of cards so someone's lying here you know and but mine you, you know bullshit it's it's a great game it's like a fucking you know I think I've actually you know it's called different things in different yeah. places so it what I remember being. But my, t- my tell is, I always say, whenever I'm lying, oh, I put one tree down in defense mode. And then when I'm not lying, but I want them to think I'm lying, I say, like, oh, I put one tree down in attack mode. Because, you know, that's just my tell. And then when I'm, I just don't care, I'm winging it, I say nothing. <laughs> or I just, I, or do I? Anyone who plays at me is listening. Or do I? I don't want them knowing my tells, but man, uh, it's fucking really good, and I just throw that in the whole time. Oh, it's in defense mode. It's all good. <laughs> okay, man. Oh, best. We're, we've now reached a segment of the podcast I like to call Around the Specifics. It's just a bunch of random questions, some about jiu-jitsu, some aren't about jiu-jitsu. So, Andrew, do you want to do Around the Specifics, my man? All right, you, you can ask me anything. I'm I'm pretty transparent about most things. Excellent. Well, dude, you're actually the third person named Andy I've had on the podcast in a row. I've had two guys named Andy, and then a guy called Rob, and now another Andrew. What the fuck is going on here? His <laughs> name I've heard. You know, I heard people say that. I don't know, man. I, I I know I've known like I know like fucking three people named Andrew my entire life, <laughs> and I'm fucking one of them. Okay, so then, what's your favorite key in your collection? My favorite key? Yeah. Uh, the Shoiro Gi, which is the only well, ones I own. What's the, uh, the, I mean, uh, your singular one, not, not, not like the brand. I don't know the names of any of them. They, the Shoiro just sends them to me sometimes, and I, I wear them. But I, So I have one pair that's a, a, a white Shoiro Gi, and uh, I have to get specific Gi pants. I can't get an a, like A2 pants because uh, they don't fit my thighs. My thighs are fucking stupidly big for no reason at all. Like I... There's no reason for them to be as big as they are. It's actually obnoxious because if I wear A2s and I try to move my leg, I'm fucked. I can't move. I literally can't move. Okay, you have no so retention I, in an A2 pair of pants. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. Well, if I'm wearing A2s, it's, it'll be bad. But I can't wear A3s because I'm fucking 5'8 on a good day. And <laughs> clothes. So I have to wear A2Hs. So uh, most of the A2Hs from Shoreville are pretty good. But there's one white pair that's just like ridiculously huge, like cargo pants, and I love them because no one can pass my guard in those because I can move my legs freely. <laughs> oh my god, that is the first time I've ever got an answer like that. <laughs> Mixing and matching sizes for fuck's sake. <clears throat> now, man, you know you're taller in the morning than you are in the in the evening because you know you've all chilled and the weight of the fucking day hasn't come down on you yet. So, like, you're actually if you look at your height in the morning. And you look at your height in the evening, you're actually taller slightly in the morning. So I'm actually probably supposed to be 5'10", but I have decently bad scoliosis, and my spine is not very straight. So 
Bird's spine's a little straighter than mine, and that's why he's taller than me. Mm. But don't don't let him forget who's the bigger brother. Don't ever let him forget that. Looks down on me from being tall. <laughs> well, you're a black belt, and he's a brown belt, so tell him to go fuck, uh, fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, he just said it. He just said, go fuck yourself, this brother in the background. Uh, bro, okay, uh, do you speak any other languages? Uh, I, I did Spanish in high school, but I wasn't very good at it. Uh, because I was a bad student, I didn't do any of the work, and then I got a 99 on my exam because I learned it all in a week. So I didn't retain a lot of the information. So uh, I'm, I'd love to learn another language one day, and I, I, there's no reason that I haven't tried to do it yet. It's actually on my list of things to do. Mm. So I think I'm going to go do that soon. Uh, dude, I had a similar story. I did French in school, and I got – the only twist, the only difference is I got 5% in my exam because I didn't study at all. <laughs> So I think if I'm going to learn one, it's going to be Japanese because of the amount, literally because of the amount of anime I watch. I think it would be uh, beneficial to me. Uh, so, so, so watching subs isn't good enough. You're not one of these poxy cunts who watch dubs. You watch no. subs, but you don't even no. want to watch subs. You want to watch it raw. Yeah, I'd like to watch it without the subs on. But if you're going to watch it, you have to watch it with subs. You need to get the original Japanese voice to get the actual scene right. Now, see, I'm going to make a controversial statement here. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. Actually, I'm not because I'm going to say my point. My second favorite anime ever is Death Note, but I, I, I've watched it both in Japanese and in English. I've watched it both, you know, multiple times in both languages. And I have to say conclusively, I think the English one is better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The English dub is better. I've in that one instance. Sub, so I, I can't really argue with you. No, believe me, man. It's so good in English. It's fucking, it's really good. So, and I'm not sure. Uh, I usually don't was, say that. Dub is better, but it is in the sub because Goku's voice is very very different than it is in the dub so maybe I would rather listen to Goku and Vegeta from the dub but mm. still the, the sub just nails the scene so much better mm. uh, you know it's a personal preference like you can appreciate them both for different things really like I, I love the English dub of Dragon Ball fucking love the shit it's really good And but man the best one look up the big green dub of Dragon Ball the big green dub I'm like oh my god <laughs> It's so bad. It's terrible. It's 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 that dub where they can't say die. So Vegeta's about to blast Nappa with this fucking with the Gallic gun. It's like, oh, I'm going to send you to another dimension. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You're gonna kill him, but he's just going to another dimension. Oh my god. Sorry, man. I just got re reminded of that. It's so shit. <clears throat> Sorry, dude. Got my composure back, man. Is there any movie that you would describe as uh, underrated in your opinion? Like, doesn't get the love or adoration it deserves? Most people haven't seen it, but the, uh, one of my favorite movies is called Ghosts of Mars, and it's a really fucking cheesy movie about like a zombie, not zombies, on Mars and a, a Mars colony. They they open this tomb and the fucking things invade your body and take over most of the people except for like the, the main characters. And it's actually kind of badass for being as cheesy as it is. And I think it's from the '90s too. So if you have a, a night to kill and you just want to watch something that's like stupid but good like, i mean like literally it's stupid and it's good then go watch ghosts of mars mm. i might man because i have nothing but nights to kill since the gym is closed <laughs> oh fuck my life i oh, mean what was your what was your favorite tv show when you were growing up uh so i watched um a, a few different tv shows i think smallville was one of my favorites honestly like we watched uh also, Angel and Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, were fucking awesome. We, we even watched Charmed. Uh, and, but, like, you know, when I was really little, we would sprint home from school 
because we wanted to make sure we got back in time for the Dragon Ball Z episodes and like uh, Inuyasha and Yu Yu Hakusho and uh, uh, just Cowboy Bebop. You know, like we're you know we're connoisseurs. We've been around. My man, now, dude. Quick aside. Favorite arc in Dragon Ball? It could be Dragon Ball Z, GT, Super, whatever. What's your favorite arc in any of them? So, I'm going to make references to the Dragon Ball Z abridged. Okay, yeah. because it, that's actual canon now. It's just so good. But the Cell yeah. Saga in Dragon Ball Z is is fucking is really good. Yeah, dude. Uh, I like the Cell Saga. I'm going to let you finish. I like the Cell Saga. But the Boo Saga is all there for me. You have Super Saiyan Tree, you have Fusions, you have Gotenks, Vegito, and you have fucking Super Boo and all that absorption and shit. It's so, I think, I'm going to let you finish. And Ultimate Gohan, Ultimate Gohan. I think the Boo Saga has the Cell Saga beat. Gohan, like, no, you don't like Gohan from the Boo Saga, come on. No, he he was a bitch, but then for a brief period he wasn't a bitch, and that was the greatest comeback ever, because Ultimate Gohan was a beast. The way they did my man Gohan was wrong. <laughs> uh, but man, I, I will I will contest. I, I sorry, I will agree with you. Like, okay, they fucked it up. They tried to salvage it. They salvaged it, and then they dropped the ball again in Super, and they made Gohan a dweeb again. So, yeah. if you just look at it as Dragon Ball Z, like in a few years they might just say Dragon Ball Super is fucking non-canons, like GT fucking do a new thing, and they, maybe they won't make Gohan a bitch in that fucking one. And then when the tournament of power, when they made Gohan not a bitch again, oh my god, just stop doing do- Gohan so bad. So they were gonna, they wanted to make Goku not the main character anymore. They wanted to make Gohan the main character. Okay, so that's what happened in the Cell Saga. But then the guy got so many death threats and so much backlash from the fans that he got pressured into changing it and bringing back Goku and making Goku the main character again. So that's what happened. That's why we got fucking Super Saiyan Man. Oh, shit. Oh, oh. Super, super great Saiyan, man. Oh, my God. Great Saiyan, man. Yeah, my fuck. <laughs> oh, God. I, I would have I been happy if it was just for the one episode as a quick joke, but yeah, they just, just kept, kept him around. Let's, let's, uh, no, there was a lot of episodes, and it just didn't go away. It was a joke that just didn't die. Oh, my God. We, we don't talk about great Saiyan, man, on this podcast. Never never again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get bleeping software and bleep his name. He, he is nothing to me. <laughs> All right, uh, <clears throat> what would you say is your most embarrassing injury? Whether it be jiu-jitsu related, non-jiu-jitsu related, just the way you got injured was so fucking stupid. Hmm. This is an interesting one because I have a lot of injuries to choose from. Uh, some Most of them are kind of my fault that they happened. Like uh, one time I was... I, I didn't sleep at all the night before when I was a white belt. And uh, there was like this 6 a.m. class that we were doing with the cops in town. And I, I was like kind of helping run and Heath would show up. And then uh, I, I I stayed up all night playing Kerbal Space Program with Bird. I just didn't go to sleep. I, I shouldn't have done that. That was not a smart decision. But it was uh, fun. It was fun time. It was a good game. <laughs> so I was tired. My body was brittle. And I went for like a Kimura roll from like they were turtled and I went to roll into the Kimura trap and I just slammed my shoulder into the mat. And that's how I had my second AC ligament injury on my other shoulder. Cause I used to have both good shoulders and then I hurt my first AC ligament on this shoulder. So then I had one good arm and one bad arm and then I hurt both. And I was just like, fuck. <laughs> I guess, I guess they're left and right again instead of good and bad. Yeah. It actually, it really put a damper on my, uh, throwing the legs around like a moron passing style that I had at white belt. Oh, Jesus. Uh, man, uh, what was your first video game console? What was your favorite game in it? 
So we had an N64, man. We were big into like Super Mario 64, Star Fox 64, basically uh, Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Tooie Banjo wasn't as good, but it was still there. Diddy Kong Racing was fucking amazing. Like We played everything on the N64, dude. Oh, dude, uh, did you ever play uh, Conqueror's Bad Fur Day? That was, I'm yes. so fucking pissed that that never got a sequel. I'm like, come on, come on. The Emperor, man, we, uh, Ninja Gaiman, like, we, we did everything, dude. The N64 was a, a, a fantastic first console, especially because that was, like, the first 3D that was really coming out. Like, the first, can, if, if you, anyone remembers the first time you played Super Mario 64, that was fucking awesome. That was magical. Dude, and man, the, the remake they made of it on the DS cause was fucking so good. The fucking remake of Mario 64 was the tits on that fucking DS. I love that fucking thing. Uh, dude, uh, have you ever been? Oh, have you ever been on a really terrible date? Uh, yes. <laughs> There's a story that I definitely have never told on Flow Grappling, and I've never told in any podcast podcasts. Okay, I've been catfished a couple times. Uh, who hasn't really? So elaborate, bro. <laughs> really bad. So I think I was like 21 at the time. And I, you know, I was just starting to have a little bit of confidence. So I was like living in the gym and I, I you know, I was kidding. I got a, got one on a Tinder spree, kind of bad. And, you know, I, I had a date set up for the night. I, I, we were going to meet at the gym, maybe like an hour after training was supposed to be ended. And I remember training and then I was like showing Britt, I'm like, hey, I'm going on a date tonight. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Let me see the girl. And I showed him the picture and he's he's like scrolling through on tinder and he's like okay yeah she's cute but where's where's the body picture and i was like oh it's right here hold on uh-oh <laughs> uh, uh-oh um so fast forward we're still in mid rolling and we see this this truck pull up outside the gym and the beams are shining in the window and uh everyone kind of is looking outside like who's that you know like because it was like really obnoxious truck like it just got everyone's attention and i was in the middle of a roll i didn't even notice and then bird looks outside and then just starts laughing and like really laughing like dying laughing because he knows what's going on no one else knows oh. it's like just can't even talk and then I, I hear his laughter i look outside and i'm like Oh fuck! So I run to the back room, and it was like Superman going into the phone booth. I just put my shit on, and I, I ran outside. Uh, so I actually couldn't even really sit in the the truck with her because I, I didn't have a car at the time. I sold it so I could go to the White Belt Worlds uh, because she was she was that big. Oh Jesus! She, she she was like she had to buy three airplane seats. It was just uh, and I'm I'm pretty body body positive. Like I I don't really fat shame people, but this this was this was wrong with how her picture how yeah. she did that. Well, F- flattering angles and shit and you know and i'm not i'm not an asshole so i'm like you know i'm still gonna go on the date and i'm like where, where, where do you want to go she's like she told me the pizza hut for the buffet so we went to the pizza hut buffet i've never seen anyone do to pizza what what she did that night it, it, it's still i think about it sometimes <laughs> dude you get like vietnam flashbacks uh the, some of the waiters are like walking by and like she's mm-hmm. on like her her second pizza and she's already almost finished it and they're just like holy fuck and they're looking they at can't me get it out fast enough I, I was ripped at the time too so i'm like this little tiny dude and they're like see like am i okay and like blink if you need help and i'm like yeah i'm fine <laughs> blink if you need help <laughs> an interesting experience um that, that was probably one of the the not as good dates that i've been on and plus, plus she was kind of socially awkward and not able to really talk so it was uh it was a disaster a little bit. I know. Shit happens. Nice. 
Yeah, you know. Oh, dude, uh, do you have any nicknames inside the gym? Like, do you have, what's the nickname everyone has for you? Uh, so I don't have any nicknames in the gym, but I go on. <laughs> I don't believe you. I bet you if Bird would like to interject, he'd tell me a nickname. <laughs> he just calls me a scumbag fuck. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Thanks, Bird. Online, I, I go by Bob's here. So, like, when I was playing, like, um, professional Halo and, like, make, making money on the online scene and doing stuff like that, I've always gone by Bob's here on all my games. So, that that's the only nickname is Bob that I would accept. I've right. been lucky to avoid Thanks, most yeah. <laughs> Do you prefer Roberts or Formal and shit? I don't know. It's got to be Bob. It's, Bob. it's just Bob. Uh, <laughs> oh, David, if you could time travel to any historical period, where would you go and why? You don't have to stay there, mind you. You can jump back and forth and it won't affect shit in the present. So, go crazy. I mean, if I had the ability to plan this out, I would definitely get on some rational communities and be like, okay, let's optimize this. How can we get the most out of this as a society? And we could figure out a way to do this. I don't know off the top of my head what I would do, but I would definitely use this for the greater good or abuse it really hard for myself. I'm not sure which. I'd I'd probably flip a coin. I don't know. I'd probably keep it to myself because if you let it slip that you can time travel, everyone will be badgering you to do this, do that, or the government will kidnap you, brainwash you, and weaponize you to fucking change history. So let's not let's not even try try that. If time is a self-consistent loop or not, you know, that's very very fucking important. Because Mm. if it is, then what is gonna happen has already happened because you going back in time is already part of the the timeline already. Yeah, dude, I don't want to know if it's cyclical or anything. I don't want to be trapped in a Terminator shit of perpetual loopiness. I'm like, no, thank you. If if it's like a, you know, back to the future type scenario, that's fucking important to know. So you you can go back just one time. I don't even know if you'd want to do any changes because you might fuck up. Mm. Now, I think an Avengers situation would make more sense because it wouldn't, because like, you know, that's the most logical form of time travel. So like if you're on a, a linear line, you go back, you change something, there's a splinter off but you can still return to your one unchanged because then it literally would be impossible to return if, it, if everything was changed even slightly and shit. But a new timeline being made, going on that verge from that one little se- sectioning point would make a lot more sense. It may sound like the most logical, but that might not be what reality is. So, oh, Dude, I'm perfectly willing to accept that, brah. You know, we could just be... Uh, could be cyclical and shit if it is cyclical like terminator and everything's gonna happen again it's doomed shit is just inevitable that's gonna really suck much like the new terminator movies suck <laughs> they don't have much of a plot going for them mm. they used to be good man i'm like oh my god oh man in your humble opinion uh sorry in your professional opinion sorry i phrased that badly do you think you could pull off a handlebar mustache me yeah barely grow facial hair at all like Berg stole all the testosterone from the family just <laughs> well, oh, like the like, best i can muster after like a year after not fucking just to not shame my entire family should like, do it i only shaved in the mohawk to bring more attention to that with less hair in the head it'll actually look like i have more on my face and plus i like the movie taxi driver a bit too much you talking to me you talking to me <laughs> yeah i got It'd be like a Gary Tone and mustache, man. I think it'd, I'd look more ridiculous than I already look, which is not good. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, quick aside. I'm actually making a gi that looks like the taxi driver gi uh, like, uh, stuff. So I'm getting like a white gi, going to dye the top. Because uh, I dye gis the whole time. I have like tie-dye gis and shit. I fuck around with that. Uh, the gi, the gi top's going to be like khaki green. I have all the patches and shit. Then the pants are going to be like denim blue. And since I have the mohawk, just taxi driver gi. Whenever someone's like, uh, oh, do you want to roll? I'm like, 
You're talking to me? You're talking to me? Oh, yeah. You're talking to me. Yeah. The preview for the Daisy Fresh season two. Ooh. What, the fucking uh, the taxi driver game? No, no, no. Have you seen the preview for Daisy Fresh season two? Ooh, no, no, no. no okay. I haven't. Okay, so on it, there's a guy that's saying it's Mount. It's going to be pure murder. It's Mount Vernon versus the world. That's uh, Rondo Moss. Okay, Rondo is the he, he's probably the the craziest character we have at BSF. He just you never know what the fuck he's going to say. But he gets these fucking like three hundred dollars showgirl geese because you know he works a real job and stuff. And he fucking has his kids tied to them all the time, and he wears them around to class Ooh. and stuff. He Man, does, I, I'd like him a lot. Paints them certain colors, and you know, our, you know you can wear whatever the fuck you want in our gym. We don't care. So. Cool. I'd say I'd get on with him a lot. Plus, exchange tie-dyeing tips because sometimes they turn out shit for me. We already we always know when he's going to show up because we can smell the weed from a mile away. Like he's, just, <laughs> he's, he's high all the time, and then he's, he's a fucking super awesome. Dude, dude, it's just a hemp gee, I swear, bro. Chill, dude. All the cops just like don't care. Like <laughs> train with us. They... <laughs> oh, fuck it anyway oh man uh i got a bit of a moral conundrum here if you're up for it it's like a you know moral question <clears throat> uh would you rather cure cancer or solve world hunger uh solve world hunger mm. uh, that, that, that's meant- because uh, i think more people die from uh, malnutrition and starvation related deaths than cancer by far by orders of magnitude and the more people you have survive and the more society is able to be comfortable, the more people that can focus on intellectual things and then they can cure cancer. That's how society progressed to begin with is we were able to feed the thinkers who could then think and come up with better ways to grow food. Well, I can't think of a better way to handle it than that because who knows? Maybe one of the hungry kids that you save will like grow up to cure cancer so you get two for one. I'm saying this. I probably have cancer from my unhealthy lifestyle. So like that, that would still be my answer. Mm. No, I get you, man. That's a good one, man. Uh, what would you say is your your jujitsu spirit animal if you have one? Honey badger, easy. Honey Next badger, <laughs> indestructible. <laughs> oh man, we've actually reached the last question here. Ooh, the last question. Ooh, oh, ghostly because it's haunted, man. <clears throat> if you created a guard, doesn't matter what grips or whatever, how it looks or what it fucking entails. If you just created a guard magically one day, what would you name it and why? I would name it the Panda Guard, and I can't believe that's actually a question. It's already a thing, the Panda Guard. <laughs> you asked me if I could name it anything. I would, I would change what it is to my guard being the Panda Guard. Because the Panda Guard, I, I would make sure it's the best guard if I'm going to have it represent Panda. No. Uh, <laughs> how about the Pan, uh, Panda Express Guard or the what's it? Uh, the Orange Chicken Guard. Uh, it's too, too, too. It's got to be the Panda Guard because you, you know what I'm talking about, anyways. Everyone knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, I'm very open about my uh, not obsession, just preference. <laughs> no. Preference, preference. Oh, <laughs> uh, guys, that was a great answer, Andrew. Thank you so much. So, guys, we reached the end of the podcast there. I'd like to thank Andrew and all his boyos for coming on. All his boyos in the background with her interjections occasionally. <laughs> uh, so, thanks a lot, Andrew. Man, is there anything you want to say before we uh, shoot off? Uh, I mean, I, I could, you know, do shout outs for uh, show your role for sponsoring me as a blue belt, my team for making me suck less than I do. Uh, if I, I do have a DVD out, it's a bus off passing in the gi. It's about six hours. I show pretty much everything that I could show. I ran out of time to show all the details I could. So were they saying, Andrew, would you please shut up about the fucking videos, guys? You're just too much content there. Shut up. <laughs> If you want to learn how to guard pass a little better, I do think it could help you. And I, I'm not really a, a like a self-promoting guy, but I, I put a lot of work into that. So, 
Uh, guys, it'll be in the description if you want to check it out. It'll be there. Go crazy. Once I have some more uh, money, because I have no money, I'll get it. 100,000%. Because, man, bus stop passing. There's probably places you could pirate it to. Like... No, no. I refuse to pirate shit. Because, uh, oh, man, you know, lots of people I know do it. I'm like, well, if I, you know, I want to make jujitsu my fucking career eventually. And if I make instructionals, I wouldn't really appreciate people stealing them. You know, so I don't do it. It's not going to hurt my feelings because I, I get it. Like, I, I could never afford a jujitsu instructional. So... I mm. know uh, that's just not the way I'm about. That's just uh, that's just the way humans roll. <laughs> uh, so man, is there anything else you want to say before we shoot off, bro? Um, and express is the best. Uh, so I, I think I have a new catchphrase, actually. Yeah. Uh, I, I yeah, I'm thinking. Of, so yeah, obviously I'm on Peds, right? At, you know, <laughs> and Express Daily. <laughs> you, you asshole. <laughs> Okay, so thanks for listening, guys. I should just go cut myself now, but... <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Was also, I'll have all, all of Andrew's um, what's it, Instagram pages, Pedigo Submission Fighting, all his boyos in the description as well. So if you want to check them out, it's only a click away. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed And there we go, guys, with another great episode. Or air quotes great. I don't want to sound uh, pretentious. <laughs> Hi guys, as, as, as always, if you want to check out any of us on Instagram, it's at Humanity Jitsu, at Humanity Jitsu Podcast, at Shani Judo Jits, and at Con Gracie. And of course, check out Andrew and Co. at Andrew Wilsey 84 or 86, I think. It'll be in the description anyway. And Pedigo Submission Fight. So guys, if you have any anyone you want to get in the podcast, any suggestions for episodes to do, because topic episodes are coming back, I swear. Our schedules have all been a bit fucked lately. So, you know, we're getting the shit back together. We're getting the back back together (laughs) okay so thanks for listening guys once again hope you enjoyed and uh have a good day